Episode 723, ChatGPT is the only one that understands our sense of humor. Hey, welcome to Technorama. This is the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. If you're turning, welcome back. We appreciate you giving us your time. My name is Chuck Tomasi from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, and joining me right over there is Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? Hey there. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing off great. to a good start. Yeah. We're up, we're upright. Isn't that how it goes, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so upright. I'm standing up. Yeah, literally. I guess I, maybe I should too, in solidarity with you. Well, don't do it in the middle of the show because your, your te- desk makes right? that noise. Ka-tunk, 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 ka-tunk. <laughs> you know, it doesn't sound too loud, but, but because the microphone stands attached to it, I think you can hear it a little bit more. Yeah, not now. No, no. Do it between no. shows. <laughs> All right. All righty. Let's get into some feedback. We've got some feedback to our question of the week. We do. Our question of the week for last yeah. week was what geek centric holiday should be nationally recognized? I'm dreaming bigger, internationally recognized. Let's go. Inter- okay. <laughs> well, it, we did have some responses from people outside of the United States. So then read me one or two. All right. Well, Steve London said, let me hit see more. Yeah. He's always got a, some good ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Unification Day. Uh, 20th, uh, the 20th of September, 20th September. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, uh, that is the day you go into an Alliance friendly bar and pick a fight. (laughs) Oh, brown coats, of course. Okay. And, oh, isn't the 20th of September, the day you release this podcast? Actually, yes, it will be. Oh, we should have May 1st is Technorama day. Yeah, that's when we started Technorama, that's right. Because And it's also May Day, which is what they yell when your ship is sinking. So that's very appropriate because this, this this podcast yeah. is a sinking ship for the last it's 18 a, years. This this podcast has a slow leak. <laughs> <laughs> and no, no bilge pump. <laughs> Every once in a while, I have to go down with a cup and dump the water out. But uh, yeah. Brad Miller says April 5th. Is that from Cochrane's first warp flight and first contact day? That one came up a lot for this geek audience. So get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gary Lindros uh, says, July 20th, 1969, the moon landing. He said, I'm at a loss as to why it's not a holiday already. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to which oh, Steve Lennon yeah. responds, Gary, it's because it didn't happen. It's all a conspiracy. Right. <laughs> and Gary Lindros says, but, but Steve... Uh, Kubrick insisted on location shooting. So there you go. <laughs> he shot it on location on the moon. On the moon. Actually, I was just reading an article about the moon. Hey, God, check this out. I got. We're mm-hmm. gonna stop right there because an article came in from CNN just a few minutes ago. Abandoned Apollo 17 lunar lander module is causing tremors on the moon. Yeah, I saw that too. A spacecraft left behind by U.S. astronauts on the lunar surface could be causing small tremors known as moon quakes. Wait. Moon quakes. 
It sounds more spacey that way. Uh, according to a new study, researchers revealed that the previously unknown form of seismic activity on the moon for the first time through the analysis of Apollo era data using modern algorithms, massive temperature swings that occur on the moon can cause human made structures to expand and contract in a way that produces these vibrations. The report suggests hmm. the lunar surface is an extreme environment oscillating between minus 208 degrees Fahrenheit. That's minus 133 Celsius on the in the dark, and 250 degrees Fahrenheit, or 121 Celsius, in direct sun, according to news released about the study. In fact, the entire surface of the moon expands and contracts in the cold and heat, noted the study published September 5th in the Journal of Geophysical Research. Planets. That's the name of the journal. Yet scientists were Planets. able to use a form of artificial intelligence to gain such an intimate understanding of the Apollo era data that they could pinpoint gentle tremors that emanated from an Apollo 17 lunar lander module sitting a few hundred yards away from instruments recording the moonquakes. According to a synopsis of the study, which was led by Francesco Civilini, a recent California Institute of Technology postdoctoral researcher and a research scientist, Space scientists at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. That, that these must be really sensitive. Although they had to use artificial intelligence, so it's like, what were the instruments actually measuring, and why did we need AI to do that? I just thought that was kind of timely hmm. with this comment yeah. about the space landing. Um, let's read another one. Michelle Cook Lopez says. I'm going to say John Blankenbaker's birthday since he is credited with the first personal computer, but he was born on December 24th, 1929. So it's kind of already a holiday. <laughs> you can still have it. It's like December 26th is Boxing Day. Yeah, that's right. And of course, Denise Inglis says May the 4th. Of course. You know, yeah, that's Seth from Cochran's birth. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I had a few and you did too. Go so, ahead. Um, uh, my, my old friend, Craig Watson, he said, Hmm, Star Wars and Star Trek days might be too polarizing. Uh, Pi day is great, but so close to St. Patrick's day. I can't think of a better one. I, I, he says, I can't pie think of day. any better though. I yeah. like Pi day. That's a good one. I, that, yeah, that is a good one. Um, uh, Adrian Meredith says, may the fourth be with you. Yep. All right. So there's two. Oh, Kyle Nishioga says pie day also. That's two. So that's, that's two for two. Um, Kyle Nishioga uh, came back and said, uh, maybe the moon landing day. Ding, ding, ding. There's another one for that. Uh, is international talk like a pirate day a thing? And I said, <laughs> he said, it looks like it died. I said, uh, let's let that one go. <laughs> Let's let that one Lone go. Guy's Night says, Chris Mahanza Kwanzaa, or whatever it's pronounced. He says, okay, maybe it was just the Virgin Mobile ad campaign, but I love that thing. Sean Brockman brought up one that we used to celebrate on this podcast. Sis oh, yeah. Admin Day, last Friday you know, in I'm July. A, I think we should bring that one back out. And Amy Bowen says, Star Trek Day, September. They did name a space shuttle Enterprise, after all. You know, that's... That's uh, that's surprising for her to uh to bring out Star Trek Day, because she's such a Star Wars nerd, and shows she's also a Star Trek nerd. No, because she I know. Well, it. I think she started yeah. getting into it. Uh, so, 
I was I'm I just like uh, I was expecting a Star Wars answer from her right off the bat. So well, speaking of Star Wars, good segue because I've got a Star Wars joke for you. It's okay. more of a riddle than a joke. What did Yoda say when he saw himself in 4K? Seems like I should know this, but I don't know. HDMI. <laughs> HDMI. I gotcha. <laughs> Okay. Dad joke and a Star yeah. Wars joke. <laughs> double win. Everybody's yeah. groaning. I can hear hey, you. I got I as you know a minute ago when we were talking about uh the moon landing day. Yes. I don't know why I, I just started my mind started wandering about what it would be like. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, when you were talking about the the tremors from the lander, what it would be like. If you could go to the moon and you walk into that thing right now, what it would look like? Just like they left it? Yeah, pretty much. There's no I mean, I like rain to rust it. There's no wind to erode it. Uh, radiation and the heat. I, okay, I don't know so the paint might have peeled a little bit on some of the stickers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Isn't the flag supposed to be bleached white by now? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I thought it was. I, thought so, I remember somewhere I talked about that. But anyway, I just thought it'd be really cool to just step in there because nobody's been in it since they left. You know, well, we don't know that. <laughs> you could go up to the flag and you could just draw a new picture on it. Mark, claim this in the name of... Smiley face. <laughs> I claim this in the name of Craigoria. I'll put a smiley face on it and put like uh, on Forrest Gump. Or, it happens. Or... you know. <laughs> Kilroy was here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's sign off of the feedback. Thank you, everybody right. who responded. We will have another question for you at the end of the show. And your mental triggers are triggering if you're a returning listener because you know the next song on this record. On this day in history for September 20th, 2023. You know, that should be a holiday, September 20th. This is the 263rd day of the year of the Gregorian calendar. There are 102 days remaining. Oh, man. Whoosh. There goes 2023. Get your Christmas shopping ready. And more. It was on this date in 1519 that Ferdinand Magellan set sail from San Lucar de Barrameda. About... uh, 270 men came with them on this expedition, which ultimately culminated in, of course, the first circumnavigation of the globe, and he invented the GPS, the Magellan, right? Sure. In 1519, he was was putting himself out there. Also on September 20th, 1893, Charles Diarrhea... Diarrhea? What? (laughs) When you're sliding into first and you feel... Never mind. Uh, Charles Diarrhea... And his brother road tested the first American made gasoline powered automobile. Yeah. We got her up to 10 miles an hour. We need to get two of these things so we can race. I'm going to win. <laughs> and NASCAR was born. Yeah. <laughs> it was on this date in 1946 that the first Cannes Film Festival was held, having been delayed for seven years due to World War II. And it was 56 years ago today that the Cunard liner Queen Elizabeth II was launched in Clydebank, Scotland. Happy birthday goes out of this date to Italian missionary cartographer and historian Martino Martini, born on this date 
in 1614. And Fabian Gottlieb von Belahusian. <laughs> Bel- there uh, we go. Yeah, we're yeah, getting yeah. not even close. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. He doesn't care anymore. Uh, he's he got a German name, but he's a Russian admiral. Figure that out. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a mix of names there. Uh, the Russian admiral, cartographer, and explorer was born 2045, 2045 years ago today. And this just in, he doesn't care how I pronounce his name. <laughs> American inventor Frederick Ellsworth Sickles was born uh, 204 years ago today. He invented the sickle, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm sickle that. And Scottish-English chemist and physicist James Dwar was born on this date in 1842. Is he the one who made the scotch? He was a chemist was, and a physicist and he's doer. So I was I was thinking of I was kind of thinking maybe of American inventor and chemist Carlton Ellis was born 147 years ago today. Is he the one that made Ellis scotch? No, he invented Ellis Island. <laughs> Ellis Island. Born September 20th. 1906 Russian mathematician Vera Fadiva. Vera Fadiva. Jay Ward, the American animator, producer, and screenwriter, founded Jay Ward Productions. Gotta love it. He yep. was born today in 1920. An American mathematician and philosopher Richard uh, Montague was born on this date in 1930. Italian actress Sophia Loren is 89 today. Hey, same age as my dad. And American novelist and short story writer George R. R. Martin, who still hasn't finished that last book. Short story was, writer? Oh, novelist, and he writes novels and short stories. Like, yeah, he writes novel short stories. <laughs> a novel full of short stories. <laughs> That's right. He was born in 1948. Also born that same date in 1954, American businessman co-founded Broadcom Corporation, Henry, a.k.a. Broadcom Samueli. Samueli? Whatever. Samueli. <laughs> Happy birthday goes out to these listeners on this date. The 20th has a couple of birthdays. Joel Harper from Milwaukee and Joel Rickenbach. Oh, may he rest in peace. It says deceased on here. So, Or maybe his podcast, You've Got Geek Podcast, is deceased. I'm not sure. But hmm. uh, either way, our prayers and thoughts go out to you. The 21st, Dean Jensen. 22nd, Matthew Jarks and Brett from Wales. Happy birthday to you on the 26th. And if it's your birthday and you haven't gotten on the birthday calendar yet, follow the link that Craig puts on the screen. Chuckchat.com slash birthday. You go fill out the form. We'll give you a shout out at the appropriate time of year. And if it's your birthday this week and we didn't get your name this time around, happy birthday to you. We wish you all the best. You know, if you throw us a few bucks, we'll... We'll put your name on there anyway. We'll, we'll Wait, put your name an, anywhere on the calendar. <laughs> yeah, anywhere. We'll put anything on the it's, calendar. It's it's like it's like the airlines. If you pay us extra, you get the right. You get to choose your date. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the economy airlines. You just get seated wherever you get seated. All right. Sure. Let's finish this off. So bye, band. And that means it's time for some news, good everyone. News, crybabies. All right. Well, kind of good news. Yeah, this is this is intriguing news. I saw this on uh, one of the other news sites. It was not from Gizmodo where we got this article, but the James Webb Space Telescope has spotted uh, a planet about 120 light years away. That's about nine times the size of the Earth. It appears to be a water world. 
complete one ocean that has. You mean a, that sucky movie? I no, not the Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> we will get to Kevin Costner in a little bit, a little later. Okay, and right. it's about nine times the size of the Earth, but it, and it's got a hydrogen atmosphere. And here's the intriguing part. They did a little spectral analysis of the atmosphere and they think they spotted dimethyl sulfide. Wow, you say, what's that? Somebody spilled their Glad you asked. No. It's it's, water. They spilled their, I'm sorry. It's a molecule that's commonly found in uh, like bacteria on earth. So life, Mm -hmm. life generates dimethyl sulfide. Let me see if I can find the exact details for DMS. Ooh, that doesn't sound good when you say it that way, does it? I don't think it's you need pro- to get it's rid produced of it. by most uh, by living things, and most of our planet's atmosphere uh, atmospheric DMS is produced by marine phytoplankton. phytoplankton. Yes. Now, phytoplankton is not to be confused with zooplankton. Phytoplankton is the plant-based plankton. Zooplankton is the animal-based plankton. So, just to clear that up. Upcoming web observations should be able to confirm if DMS DMS is indeed present in the atmosphere of the planet K2-18b. That's significant. It rolls right levels. off the tongue. All right. K2-18b. Sure. Why not? We can make a rap out of that. Yeah. <laughs> if you put it to music, then anyone can remember it. Just like that emergency. How far do they say this was from us? It was 120 like, uh, light years. Yeah. So, you know, just right around the corner. Let's send a rocket now. It'll be there in no time. That's right. No. Because remember, we can't travel at the speed of light, so it's going to take longer than that. So kind of (laughs) cool in the space news. Also in the space news, NASA is, you've probably already heard this from other news sources, but you might as well hear it from us because we're not news. NASA is clearing the air that there's no evidence that UFOs are aliens. Okay, close the book. We're done. What they are doing is mm-hmm. making a legitimate record and study of what these UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, are. And I, I heard an interview with uh, Bill Nelson, who's the NASA administrator. He said, look, do I believe that there's life out there among the infinite universe that's so big we can't even comprehend it? Yes. More than likely, it's probably bacteria or something very small. Does he think that it's visited Earth? Probably not. No, that's not to say it's impossible, but very, very unlikely. However, all of these unidentified aerial phenomenon, more popularly known as UFOs, are are being studied because they want to say, hey, a pilot saw something. And rather than, you know, people ridicule the pilot go, (laughs) This guy talks about UFOs. He's he's a (laughs) whack whack job, whack job. Uh, You know, let's chronicle it. Let's identify it because it may be something we don't understand. It may be a natural phenomenon that needs following up on study. It may be something that uh, either a friendly or hostile country may be sending over that we don't know about. Yeah, there's certainly some legitimate arguments for whatever happened. So, yeah, why not look for it? Or at least look into it, I mean. It, it kind of reminds me of the old Project Blue Book, only with a more up-to-date label. Yeah. No John Bell, though. What? Remember John Bell? Not John Bell. What is his name? Uh, I was saying, what? How did we get on Bells <laughs> in the Bat Free? No, not him. Uh, what was his name? Uh, they had the... Um, I don't He did know. the show at midnight. 
with talking about UFOs? Uh, no idea. You Google it. Oh, oh come on. Uh, you We're have, just going to watch him uh, struggle at this point. <laughs> know that guy's name. Grumble, grumble, grumble. All right. Well, we have some good news when it comes to EVs. I've been given some early coast to coast. thoughts to pick it up. It was with... Um, Space Coast? Uh, hold on. Art Bell. Excuse me. It was Art Bell. <laughs> John Bell, Art Bell, Dumbbell. <laughs> yeah, it was Coast to Coast with... Uh, you know, and now somebody else does it now, but it was... It's okay. kind of cool to listen to it at night. He would talk about, he would interview people and they were talking about, um, you know, UFOs their or their uh, interactions with them and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Space, the final frontier. Okay. Uh-huh. So getting back to EVs, electric vehicles, there's yeah. a group from the Technical University of Munich that has come up with an electric vehicle that is 25 times more efficient than any EV on sale. Now, one of the things that most people are interested in when they buy an electric vehicle is, what's the range? How far can it go? That's everybody's question. And and a lot of that depends on what size vehicle you have, because the weight obviously cuts down on your battery life. Uh, Hey, that's that's why jockeys are really small, so they can ride the horses and they don't take it. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I got, a, that's, that's why you pay per pound when you ship a package, you know, it's, yeah. it, it takes more fuel to carry more weight, but the, uh, the equivalent of, uh, they, they said that you know, a lot of people put this like in miles per gallon, mm-hmm. which is really tough to do to take an electrical thing and turn it into yeah, a chemical Yeah, but it's thing. easy to, uh, to identify miles per gallon because we've had it so long i mean you know everybody's a good concept of that so they said they said at, at 103 miles per kilowatt hour which is equivalent to about 1599 miles uh, uh, <laughs> uh, for a gallon of gas or uh, wow it's it, it's it's crazy how far this thing went so yeah, but it also goes on to say it had less battery capacity than many plug-in hybrids. And it, just, yeah, uh, it, it only goes up to about twenty-six miles an hour, forty-two kilometers per hour. So it's not the speediest thing. It'll get you around the neighborhood, but don't take it mm-hmm. on any uh, highways. And yeah. it is a single-person, very small, very aerodynamic vehicle, which is intriguing because when EVs first started making their debuts, as far back as the '90s. They had a very aerodynamic design and nobody said, oh, I don't like those body styles. So we have more conventional cars, but they're not as aerodynamically efficient. So we've got to cut the weight, stop making cars that look like cars and make them more fit for purpose mm-hmm. rather than fit for, you know, Style. aesthetic styles. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and we could really start bumping that up. Well, did you go look at the picture of this one? I did. It, it's intriguing. It looks like a science project. It looks like one of those kind of cars you would you would put out on the salt flats to for some kind of test. I or, mean, it, yeah. So or, it's not practical per se, but concept you know. car from the sixties. Well, you've come up yeah, with something like that. Well, I mean, it, it makes teardrop. sense. Yeah, it's a big teardrop shape. Which yep. at the front of it looks like a, a Volkswagen, <laughs> and then the does. rest of it goes in the, the tapered uh, look. Well, that's pretty good though. Um, but those are the kind of things, like you said. We need to be looking at rather than, um, you know, it's like robots. Why do you make robots 
always look like humans. There's got, is there not another, a better, more efficient way to. Not all of them do. The ones that are interacting with humans do, but the ones that are building cars are just that, you know. I'm saying, why would up, you always build on. it? Look, like a human. there's got to be another way. The ones that build Excuse the cars me. don't look like humans. No, it's just one big arm. Right. No, I, I, so I'm just saying, you got to think outside the box for, especially for electric vehicles. They don't have to all look like a car car. Yep. So pretty cool stuff. Thank you for finding those stories for us. We're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to wander over here to the hacks and strange stories section. This one is a strange story to me. You categorize okay. this one. This comes from The Guardian. It's titled, The Immortals, Meet the Billionaires Forking Out for Eternal Life. And uh, the article starts out talking about uh, these billionaires who are basically infusing themselves with younger people's blood. <laughs> yes. I've and heard about that over time, yeah. I, I have not heard of this before. Now, I'm, oh, you haven't? I'm all for the scientific testing and whatnot. But this this almost feels like, you know, Walt Disney froze himself in cryogenics before they knew <laughs> that it was safe. You know, yeah. Or is it safe? Or in hopes that it might someday be thawed out. This I'd I'd like to see more studying. They're they're hopefully going to turn this from uh they said, look, it's not all that healthy to drain 70% of your blood and then pump somebody else's in there. Uh yeah, that's that's one way of doing it. And, you know, more yeah, studies we, are needed. They want to take this to... We a, normally do that when there's an accident, you know, you <laughs> not on purpose. There's more of a... <laughs> and they're, they're looking to turn this into a pill form. So, great, the pharmaceutical companies can rob us for more money. Uh, mm-hmm. Slight skeptic here. Uh, I, I ask that people take this with an open and critical mind of what's happening. Does it work? Because just, just because... It, it, this one guy said... He said he's in his 40s, and they said, oh, you've got the heart of a 25-year-old and the lungs of an 18-year-old. He's probably going to die of cancer. <laughs> you can't stop everything or or a car accident or something. So hey, I, I hey, would I w- – don't get me wrong. I would like to live longer. I would like to live past 100 if it's possible and still be mm-hmm. healthy, still be able to go out for walks with my wife, et cetera. You know, I'd like to see grandkids and great-grandkids if, if you know, that's what – the Lord has sure. planned for me and my family, but um, it, it, there gets to be a point where uh, in order to support a lifestyle like that, you're going to have to change the parameters of when you're working, when you retire, how much you're saving. Obviously, these uh. guys are billionaires already, so they don't have to worry too much about retirement funds, but in mm-hmm. order to make this cost effective for the average citizen to last longer, is this going to be another uh, thing that separates the elite. Oh, hey, the rich people get to live a long time and the hardworking people die young. Yeah. Well, so. the other thing is uh, that comes to mind is, you know, I went to the, I went to the dentist once and. Just he, once? You should really go about every six months, Craig. Yeah. Thanks. I went to the dentist one out of many times. And the one time he said, wow, you've got the gums of a 12 year old. I said, oh, does that mean at this point I can stop <laughs> stop brushing? <laughs> and he said, no, 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 no. And I was thinking about this. I went, well, we think about it. Things happen. Your money can go away. And then where are you at? You're kind of stuck, yep. you know, because you can't, you can't continuously have, you can't afford this uh, process anymore. That, where does that leave you then? So um, I think the, little bit of 
taking a little bit of God's work in your own hands, I think that you don't understand everything. You're going to end up with a problem, especially if you can't continuously do it, you know. Yeah, if if we want to live longer, how about we start with a healthy lifestyle? Because you know, our, our <laughs> Just culture do some exercising, a little bit of exercising, eating right. Yeah, yeah, that's a great place to start. Stop smoking, <laughs> that yep. kind of stuff. Because we're 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 basically killing ourselves at this point. Kyle Nishioka says, or Gary says, these people are vampires. Or he says it's the old <laughs> old blood, new blood meme taken to a new extreme, and. Yeah. Uh, Immortality. It's not all it's cracked up to be. How do you know, Gary? <laughs> Have you tried it? Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my grandpa said, Heinlein's future histories did a lot with the rejuvenation tech themes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so. good story. Gets you, gets you thinking. I mean, I'm not totally opposed. Let's, let's try to find a way to live longer. Got to make those telomeres hey, last. And we'll say one thing. Mm-hmm. The picture they have of these uh, two guys... With their shirts off. Yes. You notice they're looking down at you. It's like it's like they're judging me, uh, even though they're not there. They're just like, we'll just judge everybody like this. Look My abs are cut me. and yours are not. <laughs> I have some abs in there somewhere. Craig, it's called a six pack, not a pony keg. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. See what I got to to deal with, people. Shout out to the chat room. We've got Gary and Craig heckling us on. So thank you very much, gentlemen. Every Sunday at 830, we do this show. Gary and Kyle. Kyle and Kyle. What did I say? Greg? Craig? Craig? Yeah, you said Greg. Where did you get that? I don't know. Gary and Kyle. Hi, Kyle. I remember your good friend, Kyle. (laughs) We just saw him. Wonderful friend. Can't remember his name. (laughs) That's right. I'm trying to read and produce a podcast at the same time as talking. Sometimes letters get transposed. So we do this show Sunday nights at 830 on Facebook and YouTube. We'd love to see you there. Throw your comments in. Say hello or watch it later online. Doesn't bother us. We just like to have you hang out with us sometimes. All right. Let's thank our patrons. These are the people that... Wrong music, but I love it anyway. So I'm going to let it play. Okay, nice little, I missed by one button. This is the one. That's the one. Thank you to our patrons. They're the ones who keep the show going. They support us financially for as little as a dollar a show. Craig's already got the URL up there. Awesome. Patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast is where you go. And this is our roster of those wonderful people. Amy Bowen. I don't know why I jumped to her name. I missed two people. Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, and Chris MC. Thank you. We'll continue the list with Dan Demand Coyer, Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros. He should get an extra ding because he was online tonight. John Clifford, John Noble, Jorga Schrowen, Crazy Joe Adventures, Kyle Nishioka, he's online too. Wow. These people are dedicated fans. Saturday Morning Media, Stephen Weshey, Steve Cody, Steve Therian, Steve Webb, Steve London, and Tim Cook. The, 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 st- Stephen and the Four Steves. That's a band <laughs> name, right? I like it thing in there. Steve, 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 Steve. And Tim. <laughs> 
We should just do. Wait, if, if this were like a uh, like a documentation, like when you when you document how a command line works, you can mm-hmm. you, you put Steve and then in square brackets with pipe delimited, <laughs> Therian pipe web <laughs> oh, pipe yeah. London pipe. <laughs> right. I used to I used to know how to write back as an hour form for writing out things like that. Anyway, wow, we went off on a side tangent there. They went over to the Angry Tribble. <laughs> yes, sir. that's that's the pub in Ireland that they went to. <laughs> a pub in Ireland called Angry Tribble. <laughs> <laughs> they went to Patreon.com/slash/Technorama Podcast and signed up. And some of these people even upgraded later. They thought. This is so awesome. I want to up level. And they did. And we thank them because they keep this show going. There's hardware, there's software, there's subscriptions, there's all kinds of stuff that we pay for every year. And none of it comes out of our personal pocket. It's all out of this account. So thank you. Thank you. They also, I forgot to mention, they also get a special show that we record right after this that they get before this. I know, kind of weird that way. Yeah. But Craig and I just kind of kick back and share our thoughts. All right. Wow. I've been talking too long. We're getting to the end of the song, so we can't have yeah, that we're happen. The extended mix there. Yep. Yep. Which means it's time for hand me the remote. What have we been watching? What have we been listening to? What have we been reading? Why would you have I've a been... re- remote for your reading? Remote for your reading. I haven't um, really been watching anything new this last week. Uh, just been, wa- I'll tell you the things I have been watching. Uh, Ahsoka, Futurama, yeah. of course. And, and with uh, Futurama, because we've been doing that. Um, Lower Decks. Lower Decks. And the Very Short Treks. Oh my gosh, those were hilarious. Uh, yeah, the Very Short Treks. Go look for those uh, kids if you haven't. On, on the Star and, Trek YouTube channel. And Kim and I are watching. Um, uh, only murders in the in, in the building, which is the second season. I and uh, Don has been watching that, and I kind of it, it's playing when I'm working on the laptop, so I've sort of been half paying attention to it. Yeah, some it's it's pretty good. I don't know if Steve sure Martin, if Martin Short, Andrea Martin, Selena Gomez, a lot of yes. a lot of good names in that show. Yeah, and this the second season. I'm not sure if it's as strong as the first, but we're not finished yet. We're not quite there, so. Um, jury's still out, but it, I enjoy it. I, well, I enjoy all those people in the sh- in the show, you know. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. I I did not recognize Andrea Martin by appearance at first, but when I was turned away and listening, I'm like, oh, that sounds like Andrea <laughs> Martin from SCTV, and sure enough, it was. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, thank you, IMDb. Well, I think right. Netflix has caught on to the fact that I like that that, that I'm on this kick of watching older movies because it's even <laughs> starting to say. Jaws is in the top 10. Like, really? Now, how's that what? happening? Yeah, the original Jaws okay. from 75. I mean, or trending sure, now. It's, a, it's a classic film, but really? Yeah. Oh, okay. their, their recommendations are really hitting hardcore on this stuff. Well, one of the ones they recommended to me this week was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I got to tell you, that movie is not aging well. I, I, I haven't Penn wa- doesn't look anything like himself today. I well, I watched I watched it a lot when I was you know when when it came out and through the eighties. I know why. I know why you watched it a lot. Uh, because that one one scene where you, everybody pauses it at, 
the two or three scenes where everybody pauses it, you mean? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that that works because I was always watching it in a group setting. <laughs> Look, everybody. It's, Look it's what I see. got some moments, but it, it, it yeah. the, the, the story is really weak. I forgot how lame it is so yeah. yeah it didn't it didn't hold up well but if you just want a bit of nostalgia you can go watch that i also caught uh another recommendation the movie midway from 1976 talk about yes. your star-studded picture this is of oh, course yeah. and and they use as much real world war ii footage as they could get their hands on for oh, really i didn't know that yeah yeah for the dogfight scenes for um uh, the 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 planes landing and taking off on the carriers the lot of lot of stuff obviously they had to use some models in there and you can tell where the the model aircraft carriers and whatnot are coinkadinkly earlier this week a coworker sent me a youtube video of the discovery of the japanese aircraft carrier akaga and the Yorktown was discovered by one of our friends of Technorama, Dr. Robert Ballard, in 1996. And they mm-hmm. revisited that. And you could still see the letters on the ship and whatnot. So it was it was really kind of fascinating. She sent that to me. And then I watched this on Netflix going, ooh, okay, now I know. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I know which one sinks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, uh, I've had the, I've slept on the follow-up to the Yorktown. It's in the, Charleston. Ah, okay. The, yeah, um, we used to go there a scout uh, on a scout thing, and they'd, there'd be scouts all over the place, and everybody would sleep on the ship uh, overnight. I, I could and not they, believe the amount of people, the the celebrities in this movie, and those who went on to become celebrities after this movie. Mm-hmm. So you've got the obvious ones like Charlton Heston, Henry Fonda, James Coburn, yeah. uh, Glenn Ford, Hal Holbrook. Uh, Robert Mitchum, Cliff Robertson, they were already pretty well established, but Eric Estrada is in there. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he sure is. Yeah. Uh, Robert Ito, yeah. who you probably remember as Sam from Quincy MD. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pat Morita. Pat Morita is in there. Yep. So th- it was it was kind of fun from uh, Spot the Stars <laughs> perspective. Like, wow. Dabney Coleman. Yep. He was in there. Wow, it's like they just... They just uh, cast everybody from Hollywood. Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, man. It's all over the place. And it, it was really kind of fun doing that. Uh, there were even some people that had uncredited roles. But yeah, Midway was really a, a, a fun thing. The other one that I watched, no, 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 don't cast dispersions on me at this point. Uh, I have never had a chance to sit down and watch Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. See, I told you we'd come back to Kevin Costner. Mm. This is the first okay. time I sat down and watched it. Wow, yeah. that is that is still a good movie. I really enjoyed that. The problem I have is- It's still a good movie. That's the first time Because it. it won a whole bunch of awards back then, and now I'm watching it and going, hey, it's okay. still a good movie. Right. The problem you know I have with I'll... it is everybody misquotes the famous quote. It's not, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. It's if you build it, he will come. Because right. the whole point of it is the end of the movie, one person comes to that ball field. You know, I don't think I've ever watched the whole thing. Go watch it. It it you, you, first of all, you go, Wow, Kevin Costner used to be really young. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh that's right. Yeah, uh, there I, uh, there's a there's a few famous people in this one as well. But Oh yeah. That um 
James uh, Earl Jones is in it. Yes. Yes. He yeah. does a great job. A great mm -hmm. role for James Earl Jones in that one. As Terrence McMahon? Terrence, Terrence Adams? I, I, I can't remember his character's name right now, but uh, yeah, he does a really good job. It's, it, it, it's, it starts out like, this guy's crazy building a ball field in his cornfield. Hey, spoiler alert. What? No, that part everybody knows from the. <laughs> I know. I know from pop. Not, I know about the movie. I just, uh, I, you it's know, I, the I mean, ending that'll before, get probably. you. I, I just don't remember the whole thing. It's the ending that'll get you. Yeah. Uh, I did watch one new movie this week. Well, fairly new. Okay. I think it's a 2023 film. It's called IO on Netflix. Okay. Uh, right. it's, it's, um, not a, not like scary sci-fi. It's, it's one of these sci-fis that is sort of out there. It's a dystopian future where we've polluted and poisoned the planet so bad that they launched at the beginning, they say a hundred ships on an Exodus mission to a space station orbiting the moon Io around Jupiter. Okay. Right. Although when they show that scene, you can instantly look at it and go, that's a lot more than a hundred ships coming at you. Because <laughs> you see all the right. little the little white flares on the surface of the Earth, and why would you mm -hmm. launch them all in, at the same time? Everybody's going to be trying to get on that space station at the same time. But uh, one girl is left behind. She's there's there's one more mission that she's got to get to to get off of there. But she's communicating with her boyfriend who's already on IO, and. Uh, it it really is interesting. She lives at the top of a mountain where there's still like a pocket of fresh air and she's got a garden and whatnot, trying to find out how certain animals are adapting to this very toxic environment that's down in the zone. Uh, so it was, it was fascinating. Not the quickest moving movie, but good storyline nonetheless. Okay. So that's what I've been up to as far as watching just, uh, Donna's out of town, but I got to go out of town too. So I'm not, don't know what I'm going to load up on the old iPad and watch on the plane or if yeah. I can watch something on their Wi-Fi. but I will, I will find something. So we have something to talk about next weekend. Yeah, I'll do, I'll pull my part next time. I'll pull my <laughs> go watch something. Yeah. Couch potato. Let's, let's, we need to sit down and watch more TV. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Let's head over to the media corner. Welcome to Blockhead Video. Hey, where can I find some good information about music and TV and videos and things? Over here, in the media corner. I've been thinking about that, Mr. Han. If, this, <laughs> if I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? Yes, right. <laughs> there are some classics out of that movie. For sure. Well, speaking of classics... 40 mm -hmm. years ago, there was the, a movie came out called Brainstorm in 1983 with a very young um, Christopher Walken, Natalie Wood, Louise Fletcher, and somebody we mentioned earlier. Kevin Costner. No. Uh, Chris. Oh, what was his name? Not Christopher <laughs> George. He was he was in the other movie, Cliff Robertson. Sorry, Cliff Robertson. Oh, oh, Cliff Robertson. I got you. Yeah. So it' not a well known movie, but uncle. their their idea was, hey, 
if we put this gadget on your head, we can record your thoughts, your memories, et cetera, and transfer them to somebody else. Well, it was it was a bit further than we are now, but this article goes on to explain we are starting to get there with things like sensors that can, uh, say, move prosthetic limbs, robotic prosthetic, prosthetic mm. limbs, or mm-hmm. hook you up to a computer so you can move the cursor around and actually communicate. If you're paralyzed, you can still... Uh, it, it, it's it's an early step to where this movie envisioned, but uh, yeah. pretty darn cool nonetheless. You know, this is one of those movies I stayed up late <laughs> and watched on HBO or one of the movie really like that back you in, saw yeah. this movie yeah when i was like yeah early mid 80s or so because this came out in 83 right so it's probably yeah mid 80s or so i remember it on hbo yeah it's a long time ago um i don't think i've seen it since actually i went since i saw this article i went oh you know i kind of want to watch it again and it's not a i gotta rent it or something so i may have i may do that later but um but yeah, I just remember being a, a little freaked out thinking that somebody about the story, not like freaked out, but uh, about the idea of you taking your thoughts and emotion and everything and putting it in somebody else's head. And then they get that same experience that that's just seems a little dangerous to me, which it was in the movie, I think. <laughs> so uh, I just thought that was a little uh, dangerous and creepy. Yeah, the the article goes on to talk a lot about brain-computer interfaces, or BCIs, and mm-hmm. how we're using them now, and versus how this movie could talk, uh, uh, was was thinking about it. Yeah, they said they played a little fast and loose with uh, with the details, but the, the concept was, was there. Yep, and maybe someday it'll be on the horizon to, I, I don't know about the premise of the movie where you capture someone's last moments of death. That's, where was, that was in... Um, Spock did that. No, somebody else did that. Like if you, you, you could, you could stick a device on them and find out after they're dead, you could get like that last vision and find out perhaps who killed them. Oh yeah. What was, um, I'm trying to remember what that movie was. No, I was thinking of, uh, it wasn't minority. And, Report. Uh, it, was, it was something else. I was thinking of Star Trek. Um, uh, the one with Khan, not the, not the Wrath of Khan, but the, the newer one where, uh, Spock uh, was mind melding with Pike as, as he was dying. Mm. So, I don't know if it's still out there or not, but maybe we'll have to watch Brainstorm for a good laugh or maybe Mystery Science Theater it. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> go, uh, a movie experience where you put on a headset or whatever and you can feel the emotion and everything. You know, like an extra track, like a laugh track. <laughs> That's pretty much what we do. All right. Final one in the geek library is an article about, uh, from Hackaday about learn, helping robots learn by letting them fail. I thought hmm. this was kind of the whole point. Uh, it's it goes, like your kids. It goes on to say that the MIT technology review has just released an annual list of top innovators under the age of 35. And there are some interesting people on this list of the annoyingly accomplished at a young age. I love how they put that. <laughs> Curse you young people for doing more than me at half the yeah. age. <laughs> right. Uh, he said he, he went on to uh, 
say, hey, I want you to, robot, we're going to learn how to do some of these tasks like uh, fry a fish with a kitchen appliance. Now, it would learn from some, uh, uh, like a model of watching someone else do it and then try and fail and try and fail and try and fail and then say, hey, mm-hmm. 24 hours, what, what's been happening? So it tries something and then it assesses how close to the goal did it get, make a few tweaks to the algorithm and then try it again. I thought this was kind of machine learning anyway. So I don't know what was so yeah. special about the way that this robot was doing it. Well, rather than loading it up with a, a big model, you can just, you can build that model, you know, by tweaking it out, letting it tweak itself. I'd hate to see what some of the failures look like. Your kitchen is on fire again. <laughs> oh, that, hey, let's give it a, a a nice, easy thing to do. Let's fry a fish with some hot oil. And yeah, start slinging the pan around. <laughs> I, I did. I, the, 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 interestingly, the part of the article that I latched on to is uh, the, the scientist who did this published a paper entitled Teach a Robot to Fish, based on, of course, the old <laughs> phrase, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish and you feed him for life. Right. And then I remembered some recent um, teach a man to fish jokes. <laughs> oh. So... Uh, teach a man to fish and he'll kick your backside and steal your fishing pole. (laughs) Wait, there was, there were some better ones. What was it? The, uh, the ones that I like, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Give a man a poisonous fish and you feed him for a lifetime. (laughs) Yeah. Give a man a fish and he will eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he will sit on your boat and drink beer all day. Or there's this one I hear. Build a man a fire and he'll be warm for a day. Set him on a man on fire. He'll be warm for the rest of his life. <laughs> this one sounds like the if you give a moose a muffin kind of thing. <laughs> give a man a fish and he'll ask for chips. Give a man chips and he'll beg for salt. Give a man a salt and he's going to want to drink. Give a man enough to drink and he'll start complimenting your wife. Give a man your oh. wife and you can go fishing as much as you like. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. Give a man a fish and he'll right. ask for a lemon. Teach a man to fish and he'll leave work early on Fridays. Okay. Let's move along. I think we've ah, we that one. Go look for give a man a fish jokes. They're fun. Yeah. All <laughs> right. That's how we want to end this joke with bad jokes. Our question yeah. of the week for you for next week is what is, what is, what does one HP or one hit point of damage look like in real life? What does that mean to you? Oh, I got one for you. What's that? You go out to get in your car and to, to go to work and you get a flat. I was thinking you, you know, you're walking into a room or around a, a corner or something and you bonk your elbow. <laughs> like, Ow. You know, it's not uh, totally damaging, but like eh. the, those klutzy moves you go because you got progressive lenses on or something in the curvature just isn't facing up with reality yeah or that guy bob that sits in the cubicle next to you and he actually threw you under the bus <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's one hit point for you yeah you're i right. thought that was like reduction in charisma or something <laughs> come on craig you gotta get your character sheet right right <laughs> character sheet uh oh speaking s- of which donna is studying up to uh, participate in an upcoming Scott Tyler D and D game. Oh boy, really? She said I'd be. What interested has gotten in into explore. your wife, man? She went All to right. Dragon Con. 
Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? No, okay. she was actually saying something before that. So Scott gave her a couple of books to read up on, you know, all about the basic player's guide and the rules mm-hmm. of five E and all this good stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a little hefty, but I said, you jump in, get the experience of it. Everybody's really nice. The, they, 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 you know, they took me under their wing and as slow as I was, they taught me the fundamentals. But she's yeah. a, she's yeah. an avid reader, so I suspect she's going to suck up the guts of this book and use that's, them to her advantage. That's like my son. You know, Harrison, we played that one year, and then he came home. He Next thing you know, Amazon shows up with three books. You know, a couple of them I think Scott recommended. And so yep. he went and read them, and he's been running D&D games at school, and uh, he ran ours at Dragon Con yep. one year. So, yeah, he, I mean, he was deep into it. He loves it. I w- when he was younger, all right, much younger, and I'm not not very versed uh, in all the rules and everything in D and D. No, how am I? When I explained what D and D was, uh, when we were, he was right in the back seat, and I'm driving down the road, and I sort of just making up a game where he had to make decisions. You know, where we're playing. Yep. So maybe that had something to do with it too. Could be. I think she's going to enjoy it because she loves stories. She likes fantasy. She likes. Yeah, so this is like immersive role-playing fantasy where you're kind of in charge of, kind of, and I say kind of because there is a game master, and, and and you can help steer where it goes by making your decisions. Some of it's chance and some of it's decision. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So I look yeah. forward to what evolves over that in the next few months and years. However, that has brought us to the end of the show. Oh, so, here you go. What's up? Kyle says there was an episode of Fringe where I think they copied the last image off a dead body's eyes. That might be it. No, I remember what you're talking about. You described it just about right. I just can't put my finger on what it is. I remember I've seen. Yeah, they wanted to know who the murderer was or something. So I forget if they had to open the eyes or they used a sensor or something, but somehow they recorded. They said mm-hmm. the 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 last thing this person saw maybe they even wired maybe fringe i think is where they wired them up to the other person and they downloaded the last uh memory or something um mm-hmm. but yeah we're getting there we're getting, we'll figure yeah. it out maybe by next week so let's sign out this show is brought to you by the letter l <laughs> you, loser oh wrong script wait <laughs> Wrong script. Hey, for loser. For listener line. The listener line. You oh. can call the listener line at 707-530-2428 if you want to get in touch with us. Any special instructions for my wife in her first campaign, etc., etc. Or if you've just got comments about what we talked about or not, you just want to say hello. Unlike Captain Pike, who calls once in a while and just beeps at us. We yeah. don't know what that's all about. Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. he's now starting to shout obscenities at us. Wow. Oh. We can't have that. Guy's got an attitude. Or you can email us, technorama at chuckchat.com. Chuckchat.com. That still works, even though my tongue doesn't. Yes. So, once again, thank you, Craig. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Give us a binary high five, and we're out of here. All right. 101, everybody. Thank you.